Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. So last week we talked about prayer. And uh, I was reminded this week of how that children, uh, their prayers are so great and they're just so on target and honest towards God. So I found a, a few prayers for kids. Look at this one. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy, Joyce. Dear God, please change the taste of asparagus. It's gross. Thanks, Sarah. Dear God, are you a ninja? Is that why I can't see you, Jacob? (laughs) Dear God, my mom says all babies cry, but I don't think baby Jesus did. You must know the answer, so please write back. We have a bet, Angelina. I love, this is my favorite. Dear God, did you mean for a giraffe to look like that, or was that an accident? Wow. So we talked about prayer. We've been talking about prayer. We'll continue through this month's prayer. Um, We've We've attended and and been in a lot of classes dealing with prayer. We've heard a lot of sermons about prayer. We've read a lot of books about prayer. I mean, just think, how many books do you think you've read about prayer? 10, 25, 50? Uh, Anybody would dare say you've read at least uh, 50 books on prayer? Raise your hand. Yeah, look, there's several hands around here. 50 books. My library is full of books on prayer. I I just, it's, it's intriguing to me because God created prayer as an avenue for us to help him in what he's doing. Now, that's sort of strange, isn't it? We think sometimes prayer is always praying to God. But really, the way Jesus broke down prayer is that we're praying with God. Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so last week, we spent a lot of time talking about prayer. But I'm afraid that in the church culture in America, we're better at leadership we're better at blogging, we're better at writing, teaching, than we are as, as pastors, I think, and as churches in the area of fasting and prayer. But I'm telling you, we can't be who God wants us to be without fasting and prayer. Years ago, when the uh, Western, when the people were going west, they would hook up their wagons and uh, with oxen or horse, and they would head west. But when they would get a certain place, they would do what they called circle the wagons. I thought this was an interesting picture here, circling the wagons in the middle of a town. Maybe they're just starting, I don't know. But they would circle the wagons at the end of the day as they were going west because they would, wanted to protect themselves. So they'd circle up the wagons, They'd get in the side of that circle, and that's where that they found comfort because outside of there could be wild uh, animals, could be the enemy. And so they would just circle up the wagons, and they would wait. But the amazing thing is, if they always circled up the wagons and provided comfort and all of that, but they never advanced, they would have never been able to settle the West. As I'm thinking about 2020, I think that a lot of people have been circling the wagons, We really haven't been advancing. We've just been circled up the wagons, marching in place. It's it's like the kingdom gospel in our life is not moving forward. We're, We're not really sharing the gospel like we used to share. We're not really even coming to church like we used to come. We're not doing those things. It's sort of like we've circled up the wagons, and in fear, we're looking and we're saying, wow, 
Look at all of this. Look at the COVID. Look at the election. What's going to happen at the end of this? And, and sometimes even in churches and with individuals, we have, we've done more and right now just sort of protecting ourselves, watching what's going to come next. You ever find yourself like that? Oh no, another social media post. Oh no, another post out of Washington. What's coming next? But I think that God is saying to us, it's time to quit circling the wagons and it's time to start moving forward. Every year at the Father's house, we pray for one word that will clarify what we feel like God is saying to us this year. And this year, here's our 2021 word, and it's the word advancing. Can you say that with me? Advancing. Advancing means what? It means to move forward. So enough of watching, enough of fear. Somebody was sharing between services. They got a text of somebody saying, oh, you better get this. You better do that and something else. It's that whole thing of fear. And it's like every day people get up and they're not looking to see the kingdom expanded. They're not looking to see God's glory prevail. They're looking, what's next? Oh, what's gonna, how are we going to do this? Look, it's time for God's church to remember that we're to be advancing the kingdom of God. I love Matthew 11 and 12. It says, and from the time of John the Baptist began preaching, read it with me, until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Forcefully what? Advancing, not circling around. I mean, our mission statement here at the Father's house is we exist, say it with me, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's what we're all about. We're not about sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves or being fearful, but we are aggressively, violently pushing down the kingdom of darkness to see Jesus's kingdom established on this planet earth. Can I get an amen? But I'm going to tell you, we're not going to do it without prayer and fasting. This book is a book of prayers. When you read in this book, you see people praying and fire fell from heaven. People praying and the lame got up and walked. People praying and food came, manna, God gave manna. You read this book and you find that people prayed and there was an advancing of the kingdom of God against the forces of darkness. I think it's time for us to simply say at the beginning of this year, enough of circling the wagons, enough of looking what's bad, but believing today something good is going to happen because Jesus is leading us and we are his church to advance the kingdom message of Jesus. Can I get an amen? So last week, we went to Matthew 6. Let's go there again. Matthew 6, and we talked about prayer. I want to reread this passage again. If you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to go back and listen to last week's teaching. Very practical. Last week and today are very practical of the why, of the why we do what we do. So Jesus says, it's in red, so Jesus is saying, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as a heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words." Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Would you pray it with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now look at verse 16. Verse 16. Moreover, when you fast. In this passage, he says, when you give and when you pray and now when you fast. When you fast... Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad, sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have, your, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who is in the secret place will reward you openly." So I want to look and do a review of what we talked about last week. If you'll look there in your notes, we said last week, why do we pray? Why do we pray? First of all, we pray to express the depth of our need to God. Uh, through the scripture there, he says in verse 11, give us, verse 12, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. So he says, it's all right to pray about what you have need of. So if he says, I want you to pray about any need that you have, then everything that I face today, I want to be sure that I cover it in prayer. But if I don't ask him, if I don't pray about my need, then what am I saying? I don't need your help. So really, prayerlessness is a level of pride. If I'm not asking God to help me, if I'm not praying for my marriage, praying for strength, then I'm saying, I've got this all together. So we talked a lot about that last week. We said, second of all, why do we pray? To explore the depth of our intimacy with God. Uh, the primary reason that we pray is not just to get things, but to know someone, to know him. And then number three, to experience the power of being used by God. He wants us to participate with him. It's amazing to think about this, but God has called us in prayer not to watch history, but to change history. I hear people saying, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? How are we going to move forward as a nation? How are we going to do all these things? I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. We're going to do it by being utilized of God and saying, God, how do you want me to pray about this? How do you want me to deal with this? I know some people today are just gloating because whoever they voted for was uh, elected. And others are uh, ticked off because who they voted for wasn't. And then everybody's up in arms and people say, well, for four years, you put us down now for four years. Don't expect us to put up with you. And they, this social bantering back and forth. And I'm going to tell you what comes of all of that. Nothing but fear and division. But in the midst of all of that, here's what we're going to do. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. Lover, love, love covers a multitude of wrong things in life. And so we're going to praise, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. So last week we said, that's why we pray. And then I gave you an acrostic of what prayer really means. How do we pray? P stands for praise. I start by worshiping him. R in your notes is repent. And I'll talk the difference here in just a minute. And then A is ask and Y is yield. Now this little handout that you have that you also have in your notes came from Ashley. And I just love how she deals with stuff. So what Ashley, this is from her prayer journal. 
And so she said, as I praise, then it brings me rest. The reason it brings me rest is that I repent. You see, you'll never find rest until you repent. So when we do those things that we praise, we repent, it brings rest. And then we ask and we yield. In fact, if you were with us, if you joined me on Saturday morning on our prayer and praise page from the Father's House Facebook page, I took this acrostic and I led you in a directed prayer over each of those areas. And then on the back side, last week we said, divide up your prayer time. Like on Monday, we call that mission and ministry. We pray for all things that are mission or ministry related. And then on Tuesday, we call that Twisted Tuesday, praying for all those that are lost and, uh, and have uh, their minds twisted against the gospel. And then on Wednesday is Worship Wednesday, praying for all things church related. And then Thursday is Thankful Thursday, thanking the Father for all the answered prayers. And then Friday is Family Friday, praying for all the extended family members. So if you weren't here last week, what I said is, instead of trying to pray for everything on one day, you spread it out and you're, you're able to more focused on your prayer. So that was last week. So let's get to today's teaching. Last week, it was why do we pray and how do we pray? So today, I'm going to follow along the same thing, why we fast and how do we fast? So he says in verse 16, when you fast, he doesn't say if you fast, he says when you fast. So he anticipates in our life as believers that we will all fast. Now, I know out of a crowd this size, and those of you that are watching online, some of you have never fasted. You said, I don't know how to fast. I don't know why I should fast. I don't know how to do all of that. Congratulations, you're here today for a very simple one-on-one. We could call this fasting for dummies, the yellow vision edition or whatever. No, it's not for dummies. It's for smart people. So here's what we're going to do. Fasting, you write this down. This is good. It's not in your notes. Fasting is a physical expression of a spiritual reality. Fasting is a physical expression of a spiritual reality. So if I fast a meal a day, or if I fast an entire day, or a week, or more than that, it's something more than just something that happens physically. But there's something happens. You you have to ask God about this when you get to heaven. How did he design this? But he expects us and anticipates for us to fast. And when we fast, that physical expression of fasting demonstrates a spiritual reality. So why do we fast? Let me give you the reasons we fast. I would encourage you to put these four reasons that I'm going to give you into your journal. Because as soon as you start to fast... You'll have that growling stomach and you'll have all those things. Should I really fast? Is this right? Do I know? So I want you to be able to go back and remember why I'm fasting. I think it's very interesting. You can, you can do this in life and say, you know what? I, uh, a lot of times I get up and go to work and don't ever eat anything. But let it be the day that you say, this week, I'm going to do some fasting. And then about 10 o'clock, right, you're just about to die. You think you're like one morsel away from just passing away. That should be a real reason for us to understand the devil doesn't want us to fast. 
Because that physical expression of fasting does something in the spiritual realm. So I'd encourage you to put these reasons in your journal so when that stomach begins growling, you can go back and say, let me see again why I am fasting. Number one, we're fasting to express our delight in God's goodness. We're expressing our delight in God's goodness. Say that with me. To express my delight in God's goodness. Psalm 63, 1 through 5. Oh God, you're my God. Earnestly, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Look at this. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I'm expressing my delight in God's goodness. The psalmist David said, I thirst for you. I long for you. And he said, as I do that, then I delight in your goodness. Look at this. He said, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. You satisfy me more than that delicious double-decker hamburger with gooey cheese. You satisfy me more than that platter of lasagna and that garlic bread. You satisfy me more than my favorite donut from the donut shop, right? I mean, this is the first day we're fasting and already you're thinking, How, what am I doing here today? But you see, when we look at that and we think about there's some rich foods that we really enjoy, but the psalmist says there's something about when we hook up with God in the right attitude of fasting that just as those things brought a delight to me, brought a smile, you see, you sit down and people say, okay, here's a dessert that I made. You tasted that, you said, mmm. That's good. That's really good, right? So he says, in the same way, when we begin to focus on God through this time of fasting, he can bring us to a place that we thought we would never say. We would simply say, wow, you know, in the midst of this hunger, Lord, you're satisfying me with something inside spiritually that I've never experienced before. Oh, hallelujah. More than we enjoy food, we're going to enjoy God. Number two to confess our need for his grace, to express our delight in God's goodness, and to confess our need for his grace. More than my necessary food, I need his grace to cover my sin. How about you? We need his grace to cover the sin of America. Would you agree with that? We need his grace. He said, if my people who are called by my name, he didn't say if the Democrats or the Republicans, he didn't say if the majority would do that. He said, if my people, the small nucleus of my people, if they will humble themselves and if they'll confess their sin and pray, I'll heal their land. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's one of the reasons that we fast is that we're saying, Lord, we need you to cover our sins in our nation. Look at Joel chapter 1, verse 13 and through 14. And also you priest, put on your robes and join the outcry. You who lead people in worship, lead them in lament. Declare a holy fast. This is a public fast like we're doing. Declare a holy fast like we declared a 21-day fast. Declare a holy fast. Call a special meeting. Get the leaders together. Round up everyone in the country. Get them in God's sanctuary for serious prayer to God. 
Chapter 2 of Joel. Blow the ram's horn, trumpet in Zion. Declare a day of repentance, a holy fast day. We need God's mercy to cover our sin. Maybe you're here today or watching online. You say, you know what? There's this thing called a besetting sin in the Bible. It talks about a besetting sin. A besetting sin is a sin that seems like it never goes away. I mean, you can draw close to God, but then all the thing, this same thing blindsides you over and over and over and over. But in fasting, we come to God and we say, God, I struggle with this area. I've done everything I know. I've read books. I've prayed. But Lord, in this next 21 days of fasting, I'm believing that you will set me free from this besetting friend, this besetting sin. So second of all, I'm confessing our need for his grace and mercy. Number three, I seek and submit to God's will. I seek and submit to God's will. Throughout the Bible, you'll find that when uh, nations needed to make a decision or the church needed to make a decision, they'd call people to a time of fasting and prayer. And I'm sure you've done that before you made a major decision, hopefully before you got married or hopefully before you took a job. You spent time in seeking God and saying, God, is this what you want? In Ezra chapter 8, they prayed, said, God, show us what we should do. We need your will. Nehemiah chapter 1, he prayed and fasted. God, what do you want me to do about these broken down walls? Daniel did the same thing. Uh, he did it twice. We see him doing that, calling that time, seeking God's will. So I'm going to say, for whatever you've been praying, some of you, somebody here in this service has been saying, I just wish I knew God's will about such and such and so and so. Then I'm saying, in this 21 days of fasting and prayer, put that down in your journal as one thing you're saying, God, I don't know what to do about this decision. I don't know if you want me to start this. I don't know if you want me to stop this. I don't know how you want to do. But Lord, I know in your word that I can seek and submit to you in a time of fasting. And then number four, to anticipate the return of Jesus. Why do we fast? To express our delight in God's goodness, to confess our need for his grace, to seek and submit to God's will, to anticipate the return of Jesus. I never saw this until a few weeks ago. Look at chapter nine of Matthew, verse 14. This is Jesus talking. Then, uh, he says, the Pharisees of John came to him, uh, came to Jesus saying, we, why do we, the Pharisees, fast often and your disciples do not fast? And then Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn? Jesus is the bridegroom, right? We are his church. We are his bride. So can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. He's saying right now, I'm the bridegroom and I'm with my bride. I'm with these disciples. I'm with my church. So there's no need for them to fast because they're physically in my presence. But there's coming a time when I will be them, with them spiritually, but I won't be with them physically and I'll be away from them. So they will fast. And what are they fasting for? They're saying, Lord, we ache we long for your coming. We're tired of COVID. We're tired of cancer. We're tired of sin. We're tired of pain. We're tired of hurting. And Lord, as we're fasting in this next 21 days, it's a sign that we want to physically be with you soon. That when you come 
in the clouds and you bring your people with you. There'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more division. So in this time of 21 days of fasting, when I'm aching and I'm wanting to eat something, it's a reminder of how much that I long to physically be in his presence with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Isn't that a great thought? So look at those again. Four things. Here's number one, that we can, let's pull them back so I can see it, there we, to express our delight in God's goodness, to confess our need for his grace, to seek and submit to God's will, and to anticipate the return of Jesus. So that's a why. And I'm saying, put that in your journal. Put that in your journal. Remind yourself, pray that. This is why I'm fasting. So how do I fast? Well, Let's use the same. We used P-R-A-Y as an acrostic. Let's do it again. And let's do it F-A-S-T, fast. Number one, we start with this. We focus on God. Say focus on God. We don't start focusing on, oh, how much weight am I going to lose? No. Will you lose weight? Yeah, if you do it right, you'll lose weight, right? You don't focus on, well, you're going to get detoxed and get rid of all those sugars that you've been eating and all those, you know, wrong carbs that you've been and you're going to get healthier, your skin look better and all of those. No, we don't start focusing on those physical things. We don't start focusing on, uh, like a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to fast because I want people to know how spiritual I am. And so I'm going to go around with sadness, you know, and, and I'm, no, he says, no, don't, don't do that. The reason we fast, number one, is that we want to focus on God. Focus on Him. Look at this verse. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better do what? Say it with me. Say it again. So we're focusing on God. This fast is about me focusing on God, concentrating on God. Listen, this fast is going to be different than any other fast you've ever done. Because you're going into this fast understanding the why, and you're going into this fast understanding the how. First of all, I'm not running around trying to work at my menu. The very first thing I'm going to do is I'm focusing on God. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this fast? I'm focusing on God, and I'm putting all my attention on concentrating on God. He goes on to say, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normally outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair. Maybe the person sitting beside you don't think they combed their hair, but they did, okay? Surely they did. But he said, shampoo, comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. Look at this. He won't overlook what you're doing. He'll reward you well. He says, if you start right with this fast, focusing on God, he will reward you. Now, the reward may not come at the end of this 21 days. A reward may come a year from now. It may, may come in your children's life, but he will reward you. So our first thing we're doing is that we're focusing on God. A stands for abstain from food. Abstain from food. Sometimes we've said, you know, well, maybe you want to fast from social media. And I, I, as I study this more and more, I don't think that we can biblically call social media a fast. 
Now, it's probably good for us to abstain from social media for sure and to do more time with God. But throughout the Bible, I've been really studying this. Every time they talked about fasting, it had to do with food. And I looked at that and I thought, well, why? Why couldn't we give up like, you know, I'm going to give up going to the gym. That would be a good thing to fast for the next 21 days, right? (laughs) But no, we don't do that, do we? But it's always about food. Why? Because there's a natural built-in appetite that God has put in our human bodies for us to long for food, right? I mean, you don't eat for a day or so, or you don't eat, you know, heavy, and then you're sitting around somebody, and your stomach goes, people say, is that your stomach? Yeah, that's my stomach. Your stomach is simply saying, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. So when that alarm goes off, God says, that's a good time to simply make this prayer. God, I want you, and I need you more than natural food. I need you, God. I need you. Now, out front, there's a brochure like this. You probably got it a couple of weeks ago. But it's 21 days of impactful prayer and fasting. And inside of here, it talks about types of fast. 21-day liquid fast. 21-day selective fast, a seven-day fast, a lunch fast, a partial fast. Talks about all of those in there, then has prayer focus on the back. Also, you can go to our website, and you can go to the resource, and there's all kinds of helps for you. There's a great post in there from Dr. Axe. I think it takes nine minutes to read, and he talks about the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast comes out of the Bible. Daniel, uh, we have a record. He probably fasted more than this, but we have a record that he did two special fasts. He did a 10-day fast, and he did a 21-day fast. And so when we say, we're going to do a Daniel fast, uh, let me, the scripture I have for you there is Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. During those days, I, Daniel, went into mourning over Jerusalem for three weeks, 21 days. I ate only plain and simple food, no seasoning or meat or wine. I neither bathed nor shaved. Now, Jesus comes along and says, you know, go ahead and take a bath and comb your hair. He doesn't say do that outwardly, but he said I did. So here's what Daniel is saying. In this time of seeking God, I denied myself of physical dainties and things that really tickled my appetite that may not be really good for me. But because there is a spiritual thing that happens with the physical fast, I decided to only eat those things that are necessary for my life. So he gave up sugars. That would be something we would give up. We would give up those uh, empty carbs that we give when we, when we eat too many things that are wrong and all of those things. And you can look on the website and all those to see those. But what he's simply saying is I'm getting back to the basics. Thing that God made, not things that man made. Getting back to those things that grows out of the ground, the fruits and the vegetables and those things. So you go online and you go, and that's the Daniel fast. And a lot of people will be doing the Daniel fast during this time. So uh, that's A is abstain from food. S is substitute. S stands for substitute. I'm going to abstain, but I'm also going to substitute something. I mean, even when chapstick looks good and you want to eat it, uh, there's, there's time that you need to substitute. And here's what I'm going to encourage you. Daniel, when you read about Daniel, three times a day, 
morning, lunch, and evening, Daniel went to his window, opened up the door, and he prayed. He prayed to God. So what he did as he was fasting, three times a day, he substituted. Now here, I think, is where a lot of us in the past have gone wrong. We've just fasted, said, whew, I made it through lunch. Whew, man, and now if I can make it through dinner, if I can make it through dinner, whew, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm make it through dinner. No, I abstain from food, but I'm going to substitute something in that place. I'm not just going to sit down and, and skip a hamburger or skip something else, but I'm going to substitute something in its place. Three times a day, I'm going to ask you to do a spiritual triathlon. I'm going to ask you to do a spiritual triathlon. And morning, noon, and evening, when you're fasting that meal, or if you choose to say, I'm only fasting one meal a day, well, then that meal that you fast, I'm going to ask you to do a spiritual triathlon. A spiritual triathlon would be something like this. It would be maybe five minutes of worship, five minutes of reading the Word, and five minutes of prayer. See, it's, it's a triathlon. So I'm not just abstaining from food, but I'm substituting time with God in praise, in reading the Word, and prayer. Maybe you say, well, I don't know that I can do five minutes. Well, try a minute. And simply say to yourself and to the enemy, I'm not only just giving up lunch today, but I'm also substituting that with time with the Lord in worship, the time with the Lord in prayer, and the time with the Lord in reading the Word. And if you don't know what to pray about, you can use the little prayer journal that we have here. And every day, I give you something to pray about. All right, so we look at that. So S is substitute. T is to taste and see that God is good. Look at this verse. Psalm 34 and 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. What he's simply saying is that, you know, I'm never going to lack anything good, Lord, because you're with me. Taste and see. Taste and see. So what I, what's important for us to say is, what is God saying to you during this time of fast? Is he asking you to fast uh, a meal a day? Is he asking you to do the whole 21 days of fasting and do the Daniel fast? Is he asking you to say, you know, I'm going to do first seven days. I'm going to do that of a, a liquid fast. I'm going I'm to do three days of a liquid fast or three days of water only. It's, it's what God is going to say to you. Now, if you're not healthy, I encourage you to be careful how you do that. You can find something that, that you can give up, abstain, deal with. So, so just be sure that you don't push it. And if you go on a 21-day liquid only, be very careful how you come off of that. Because it's so important because your body's going to shut down to some of its functions. And you want to be very careful how you do that. You don't want to, and we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the end of the 21 days. You want to be sure you do that. But let this time be different than any other time. I know sometimes we've had these 21 days and we start and we stop or, or, or we start for the wrong reason. But let this 21 days, what is it? What is it that God wants you to do? What is he saying to you? And in your, in your notes there, there's a place at the bottom that says, what kind of fast is God saying for me to do? What is he saying for me? You need to make that commitment, write it down, and then you need to share that with someone. You need to share that with someone. I know on, on the uh, social media page, Lisa put on last week, what type of fast are you going to do? I put on there what I was going to do, other people, not for uh, people to applaud, but simply for accountability. 
I want you to know this is what I'm going to do. You see, if God says to you one meal in 21 days, that's just as important to you as he would say that, that whatever he's asking me to do. So there's a, the, one of the reasons you want to share that with somebody else is for accountability. And also, since that you can remind yourself, hey, I said I was going to do this and I'm going to do it. Because you see, if you keep saying, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Guess what? Then you won't do anything. You keep putting it off. But let this 21 days, this 21 days of intensely seeking God change your life. Let it change your life. Let it change your relationship with Him. And then share that with somebody. Say, here's what I'm committed to do. You say, well, what if I failed? Well, remember when you learned how to walk as a kid? If you fell down, what did you do? You got up and started again. You say, you sure, you sure, that's okay? Yeah. I don't think you're going to go to hell for, for, for saying what you're going to do and then you, you mess up, right? Not with this fast. So we start over. But you know what? There may be some of you that are here today and some of you that are watching online that you've never, uh, you've never developed a relationship with Jesus. I mean, you, you, you've worked hard at improving yourself. Improving yourself. But we can never improve ourselves enough. That's why Jesus came to this earth and he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross for your sins and my sins. So that we could have access into God's presence. Because you see, sin keeps us out of God's presence. It's not just coming to church. It's not just turning over a new leaf. Scripture says that I can be saved if I call upon Him. Scripture said if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I can be saved. So today, if you've never prayed that prayer and you're sitting here or you're watching online, in just a minute I'm going to lead you in prayer. Because after that prayer, we're going to celebrate communion. We're going to start this fast focusing God with communion. And we're going to end this fast at the end of the month with communion, focusing in on God, focusing there. So let's bow our heads, and I'm going to lead you in prayer. If you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life, would you pray this prayer with me today, either here or online? Let's pray this prayer together. Pray it with me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I confess today, I can't live this life without you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. And I confess today that you are the Lord. And you have been risen from dead. And I live for you. As best as I know how, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.